All right, we're at the end of our series on priorities. We just finished that up, and we always do a Q&A at the end of each series, so we got some questions from everyone, and we are looking forward to answering those. Hopefully, they will be helpful, and we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here, we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. I get the hunch that most of these um, questions are going to be worked, we're going to work through them, kind of address them, but a lot of it's going to be review. And so when we, we put these questions out there, um, we got a few questions from our listeners. We get a lot of questions from folks on social media as well. And sometimes the folks on social media haven't listened and have, and they don't have the, the full. <laughs> Are you reprimanding? That? Well, no, I'm just saying they don't have the. the that's why it's going to be reviewed. We know if you haven't uh, listened, <laughs> based on your question. <laughs> it's just okay. kidding. Well, yeah. Somehow we're. This was your test. Actually, you know what? It's encouraging. The one from the podcast, uh, not no one, but we had fewer questions from the podcast side because. They were all listening to the content, so they're like, I don't have questions. <laughs> That's all right. All right, so yeah, let's um, let's dive into these. Um, I do want to remind you folks that if you haven't yet, um, and if this, if this series has blessed you, if our podcast has blessed you, uh, take a moment, rate, and review. That means a ton. If you want to support us and be on mission with us, lock arms with us, be a part of that 1% or less of our listeners that actually uh, that are that feel compelled to jump on board, you can do that. Uh, and the, the way we have set up for that is patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's all kinds of benefits for being a patron, including a, we do weekly or excuse me, monthly, um, kind of meet and greet sessions with our patrons on over zoom, which that tends to be a lot more personal, which is really cool. We get to learn your names. We get to learn your story a little bit. Um, that's just exclusive to our patrons. So if you want to be a part of that, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. We ask you pray about it. If the Lord leads you that you would uh, take that leap of obedience and faith into that. If he leads you, um, otherwise we will bless, keep doing this either way. Uh, and that's it for today. And so let's, um, well, I don't know. How do you, do you have a specific order? I don't know. A lot of these questions are very no. thematic. So. <laughs> There's no kind of <clears throat> rhyme or reason. I think one of the big ones here that we'll start with is, um, is sex. It was a good question. It was like, how do you prioritize sex when you're not feeling it and you don't want it to feel like another just kind of to do, huh. right? Because the whole point of sex is it for not, for it to not to feel like a to do, I think. Yeah. Not the whole point. But I'll just say what I always tell to Selena is like, listen, I'll give you as much sex as you want. I just want you to snuggle me once in a while. I just want you to talk to me. I just I'll give you as much as you want, all right? Just, just. Oh my goodness. He's just waiting to get. It's so true. Smacked. I'm just getting going to get smacked with love because <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> uh, no, I think, you know, kind of the question, the underlying question here is, you know, how do we, how do we get into those regular rhythms that show it's a priority and a value to us um, without being like, okay, it's Tuesday night. We're supposed to do it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and that's definitely happened in is our that- marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you announce it like that, though. I feel like that needs to happen more often. Okay, well. With the kids and the kids are starting to learn things, though. So, but we, they don't know those things. They don't. But I'm just wondering, like, they're going to ask, and I don't want to explain it. Not on a Tuesday night when we're supposed to do it. <laughs> oh my god. <gosh. laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> okay, we're trying to have some fun along the way here. 
So, okay, so you were saying Tuesday night, supposed to do it. You've, we've been there. Yeah, when it feels like it's to do. And honestly, I, I think, just to be honest, I think that there are seasons where um, it feels more of a chore, more of a like, more, feels more like a chore um, than maybe a, a joy or an exciting, like, fun thing or how it should feel, you know, however you want to label it. Yeah. Um, and what because, do you mean by seasons? Are we talking months, weeks, days, years? What th- What is the healthy kind of... I don't think it should be very long personally. I think it should be, you know, if if you're feeling like this on a regular basis for years, then there's probably something wrong. If it's um a couple weeks or a few months maybe because I don't know, one of your one of you has a job that takes you away for a little while, then or you can just be going through a funk relationally. Yeah, or and, you can just be going through a funk and praying <clears throat> through it. But that's what the covenant's there for, right? We've right. had those. We've had I think our longest stint those, where we've had struggles has been uh, probably month plus, I would say. Yeah, and in, in there, I mean, we still... We still make it a priority. It's just not as... It's not... Uh, it feels more... It takes a lot more effort. Yeah. 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 I think it... Because you're not snuggling me, and I just... <laughs> okay. So, I think, again, looking at your schedules, looking at your capacity. I mean, we talk about yeah. first things um, in our priority section, and what, what are first things? You know, we know that... Um, we're saved by grace, like our identity in God is not compromised, you know, whether we have sex with our spouse or not. Like if we're having a hard time, that doesn't necessarily mean we're falling out of salvation, right? But um, there could be indicators of th- of, of sin that is there. There could be yeah. um, unconfessed uh, sin uh, or sin that is confessed and you're working through, like we said. But uh, when you look at the first things and we're putting God's truth at our forefront, right? This is, this is the authority. He is the authority. Um, we know that he values intimacy in the marriage bed. He values us being intimate. And so sometimes the feelings aren't always there. Um, and it's not always going to feel like it's not a chore, I guess is, is that is, yeah. Sometimes it feels like that, and I think it's okay. But it, when it's for long periods of time, then there probably needs to have you probably need to have some conversations yeah. about that's why you're good. coming to that point. So the, I just want to make sure that we're. So that's one side of this question: is how do you prioritize it without it feeling like another to do? And you're saying that's kind of okay if it feels like a to do. And but I do want to answer the how do we do it without it feeling like an another uh, to do? And I would for that question. Um. It goes back to like you, Selena, were saying, remembering first things, how does God value sex? Why, why did he create it the way he did? We talked about that in our... Right. The purposes of it. And the purposes of sex. Um, but I would also say it goes back to desire, right? So if you, you don't want to feel like it's a to-do, then you want to give yourself margin to to kind of work up the desire for it. Because if if you're always trying to, to make it happen and you're always at the end of your day at the end of your rope energy wise or, you know, patient, you know, emotionally just empty, just empty at the end of every day, then, then it's going to be really hard to not feel like it's a to do. So I would say, give yourself room to act on the desire, right? Cause you're asking the question because clearly you want it, you want it to feel like it's a desire and not just a, an obligation. So sometimes you you can set yourself up for a better failure or, or better, better, outcomes or failure right right so, just prioritizing margin versus yeah 
prioritizing, I think. Yeah, wake up early. Maybe set your alarm. And this is really bizarre. I don't know if I could, I could even do this, but I'm saying if, if that's the case, then maybe set your alarms for, say you have to be up at six, maybe set your alarms for five. And that's early and go to bed, go to bed, you know, a little bit earlier and see, see how that works. I don't know. That's just an Are idea. Are you saying have sex in the morning? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like first thing in the morning, like, <laughs> like, like, like going to the gym. <laughs> Jazzercise. Okay. Sexercise. That has to be a thing. Uh, Sexercise. <laughs> anyway, that's just a random idea, but you get the point. Uh, and that could ha- could happen with your weekly rhythms as well, where you know maybe you're trying to always make it happen on, on Friday night, and you're realizing that that's not going to work. So maybe try and set on a Monday. Yeah, and the thing with priorities again is is <clears throat> having first things that are first things. Yeah. Already decided. Um, these are non negotiables. Um, this is part of our covenant. This is something that we have agreed to. This is what God has yeah. said is healthy, and these are purposed for our good, for His glory. Um, and if it's yeah. starting to feel like a struggle, we need to take a step back and not just look at it, like you're saying, but look at what is around it. What is what is the pressure that's starting to enclose and make it more challenging? Good. Um, and ask the Lord to give us wisdom and clarity, I think, on how to proceed. Uh, so we can honor him in that way yeah. and in that part of our marriage. That's really good. Um, next one. Um, self-care, quote unquote, for both parties as a priority. I.e., is alone time okay to prioritize, and should I feel guilty? So this was kind of a theme. I was seeing sort of two branches of this question of, do we make self-care a priority for both of us? Like, do you, Ryan, have self-care? Do I, Selena, have self-care? Should should we prioritize that? Um, And then is it okay, this came from more wives or moms, I guess, is it okay to have alone time and prioritize that? you know, in the name of self-care and should I feel guilty about that? Uh, I think a lot of women struggle with feeling guilty for wanting alone time or having alone time. And, um, I don't, I I don't, you know, that we shy away from these words of self-care because they just have too much worldly connotation to them. Um, as Christians, we are called to die to ourselves, to our fleshly desires, does that mean we're just running on fumes all the time and, you know, giving up our, just being doormats? No. Um, that means that when God is asking something and we desire to not do that thing, we give into God's desire and his commands. We don't, uh, and what that might look like, you know, is prioritizing like our time. I think if you make it a weekly rhythm and you know, you know yourself and you know your spouse and you know what rhythms are healthy for your, you, your marriage and your family. And in the name of better stewardship, not just in the name of I want to go on a spa trip with girls for 36 hours. Like that's. Well, and that's not bad. It's, it's, it's the not attitude behind that. Bad. Is I it's the, this. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the, I think the deserving, the entitlement, the, this is, I need self-care, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I think taking care of ourselves is very important. Um, to be able to do the work that God has placed in our hands of, of being yeah. wives and mothers and whatever you are, you find yourself, whatever role you find yourself in. So I think it's, uh, that's really it, it good. has to look, I think you have yeah. to, again, assess what works for you. Um, but if you're spending more time on self-care than you are in your actual life, then I'd start to question some of that, if that yeah. makes sense. So, well, I mean, that some bold words you said, I'm not going to augment any of that. I would... This you're saying it from the context of a mutually generous marriage, right? Sure. So, in a marriage that's ideal, 
you're not having to fight for your own time because right. you're both looking out for one another. Right. And that's that's the the big kicker here because the world's view of it is you have yours, I have mine. I'm in this relationship because it benefits me. Well, and I got to get mine. Yeah. And and that is true about biblical marriage. It does benefit you. But that is not primary. The yeah. primary motive in biblical marriage is biblical love and mm-hmm. a biblical expression of covenant and obedience to God in a marriage that that you have committed yourselves to before him and before your families and and your friends and mm-hmm. and so if there's a mutually generous marriage, I'm not going to just be waiting for Selena to, to ask desperately to get away. I'm going to say you need to have quality time uh, with with women that are going to build you up, mm-hmm. you need to do things that are going to build you up. Um, just the last two weekends, you were gone because yeah, two uh, Saturdays, which is not normal for me, all day Saturdays, like like twelve hour days. Yeah, <clears throat> and I was with all three of our daughters. It was wonderful and a little chaotic and tiring, <laughs> but Selena came home, and I was glad that she came home, and she was she had glad had a good time. Home. Yeah, she, it was, and so she wasn't like I deserve this. You better let me go, or I'm going to basically like be a huge jerk to you for the next near future. <laughs> Um, and as a husband and last night, Selena, I'm just going to use this example and we can move on. But last night I was, I I got this cold thing. You might hear my voice a little bit. And, uh, two of our three girls also have it. And Selena's and I, and she has women's Bible study on Wednesday nights. Uh, today's Thursday. And, uh, I was just like, I didn't think you were going to go. And you're like, so are you good for tonight? And I was just like, so deflated because I was like, the majority of your household is sick right now (laughs) and you're leaving. And I was like, but, but I want you to go because I don't want to, I, you can, it's fine. We'll manage. Well, and I, I was very much ready to send the text you were. of like, it's fine. Like I'll just go next week. And so I, and you needed to go and I, you know, in other instances you haven't gone in that case, mm-hmm. but in this case you did and we were fine. Yeah. And so it's, it's a spirit of mutual generosity, not mutual. I got to get my own. <laughs> right? Nothing mutual about that, really. <laughs> right. Well, tit well, for tat never yeah, works. And like, we, you you had a guy's night, so now I get a girl's night, and it's like this. You're keeping this balance, uh, this T account mm. of who owes what to who, and that is it's, it's exhausting. It's not in the spirit of covenantal love. It's well, something if you else. Look at Christ; so. He never did that, and if He did, mm-hmm. we would all lose all the time <laughs> by billions of percent. So. That's the mic drop right there. There it is. <laughs> well, we did talk about the model of Christ and humility. Um, I think back in week two and we're talking about the end, beginning with the end in mind and who is our model, you know, for how we determine priorities and Jesus, how did he live? Um, humility, right. And we see themes like humility, selflessness. Um, he even had margin, like he needed to go away into the garden and have time alone to pray. Um, okay. So. Next question I think might be beneficial for anybody in ministry. Um, it seems pretty straightforward. Um, my husband's a pastor. Any tips for balancing needs of the congregation and needs of wife and family? Yeah. This is a very common, common question. I think we struggle with it even as church members or just a congregation in yourselves. Like how much do you give yeah. to those in need around you and at what point do you stop giving and why yeah i'm trying to think through this thoughtfully um because i, I don't want to just kind of repeat the rote answer which is like you know your your wife and kids should come first while i do believe that i'm trying to think is you know what what is the biblical model for this do we have one um i, I forgive me I, i'm not totally sure i think we have evidence for peter having been married i, I don't want to say that with full certainty. Um, so 
anyway, Paul wasn't married. Jesus wasn't married. Um, I know there were marriages within the 12, within the, you know, kind of the apostles and things like that. And how do they manage ministry and, and mm-hmm. family? We don't see a lot of that. We do see the fact that uh, for elders in First Timothy, the, the qualifications have to do with how well you manage your household. Mm-hmm. And so I, and, and that's the precursor to serving in the local church. An elder is synonymous with the biblical term for pastor. Mm-hmm. And so we have like, okay, so being a pastor, you, you might be like a lead, basically a pastor nowadays is, is what the Bible would call like a, a, a lead elder. Or the Bible wouldn't even call it a lead elder. Just you'd be an elder who happens to be in charge of more things than the other elders. Mm-hmm. Nowadays we have vocational ministers and we, all, we have lay ministers, lay elders. So I'm thinking through this and, you know, seeing how family health and family governance, family management and being the head of your home is a precursor to being any sort of under shepherd within Christ's church. I think it would say that this has to be a priority. If that being the case, balancing the need of your congregations and the needs of uh, your family is always going to come into a, the place of discernment. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you, you don't want to love your, your congregation so well that your wife is starving for love at home. Right. That, that's a huge problem. And right. that, to me, that would disqualify you from leadership. Right. And the same with if your children are acting out because they are never seeing you. Uh, because, oh, you went and spent time with so-and-so's family because they were going through it, which very pastoral. But I, I just, I, how does Christ view a pastor neglecting his home? Right. For, well, for, and there's always, um, I think that inner voice in some of us, at least me, where I want to, I want to help. And then there's kind of not saying this for everybody but sometimes there's this savior complex of like I could go like help them and save them with it from this or if I just tell them this or show them this or whatever instead of possibly in that moment if if my family is going to be suffering and they are not sending me out and we're not on the same page and there is a whole lot of division and just dissension not dissension division and frustration and um there's a lack of peace then I think that Mm, uh yeah that's an indicator to me that I need to like relinquish that responsibility, call someone else in and submit to the Lord on that and give it over to him. Because I, me, I think anything can really, anything good can suck you into thinking that you're the one that will, will have to, if you don't do this, no one can like, that's the lie. Right. Um, and God is just like, I'm sovereign. Yes. You're in their life, but I can also like, I can use other people I don't know. I don't want to speak for God in that way. I just all that being said, I I'm convinced that being a pastor is the hardest thing that God hardest. can call you into doing. The hardest. And so there's a reason why pastors uh, need to be surrounded mm-hmm. by. We're big fans, and I think the biblical model for church is a plurality of yeah. eldership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and ideally, that plurality would be a majority of lay elders. So you have people that are objective to help you and to call you on things and to have you step down if you need to mm-hmm. and can fill in yeah. and yeah, all of those so. things. So, um, again, balancing needs of a congregation and the needs of your family. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing is you're not their savior. Christ is. Right. And that's, um, that that's tough to do when you're, when you're staring somebody in the eyes and, and you or you've got their, you know, they're calling you right. and you know what's happening. So there does need to be agreement there um, for the health of the family. And tangibly, um, like, yeah. I think that just kind of looks like, okay, on these days, like, this is dedicated to the needs of the congregation. And if we, if there's an emergency or anomaly, let's deal with it. But for the most part, like, we know that this time is set aside for these needs. This time is set aside for yeah. these. And we just, those decisions have already been made. We're not negotiating them at the front end. 
And your church should support you in that. Absolutely. Uh, if you if you vocalize it and come to them, you know, you're it's not you and them. It's you are the church. Mm-hmm. It's it's one, right? That's that's in Ephesians. It's like we are one body of believers now. Mm-hmm. Act like it, type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wanted to go down here. I think this was another okay. big theme that I saw was how do I keep from feeling bitter or frustrated when my husband's priorities are basically hobbies, so hunting and fishing over the family. Uh, like spouse and kids. So what do you, how do we keep from feeling bitter when uh, we feel like the priorities are not in order? So there's two, two things at play here. Yeah. There's the wrong priorities because it's wrong for a husband to put hunting and fishing or any hobby over their family. And the way that looks is you're spending more, you know, your family needs you and you're not there. Uh, You're, you're there for the, for the deer (laughs) and the elk and the fish you're there for your buddies, but you're not there for your wife and your children. That's disordered love. That's a wrong thing. That's imbalance. There needs to be uh, repentance and change because it, it's a form of idolatry. Um, so there's that side to it. Um, and so to, the, to that wife, I would say, there. and the second piece is her bitterness, is her, her hardness of heart mm. toward him. And so sin, sin has a way of ruining relationships. And so your bitterness in some sense is understandable and that's really difficult when you're trying to get through to somebody and they just are, for whatever reason, won't engage in the conversation. Mm-hmm. They won't re- recognize they'll, 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 uh, what's the word? They'll, um, they'll gaslight. They'll make you Ugh. feel like it's your problem. It's yeah. your fault or, you know, that you're the one that's crazy. Um, that's a form of manipulation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how dare you, you know, not want this. Don't you want, you know, I'm going to feed our family or whatever. And, and, you know, that's mm-hmm. another form of manipulation. Uh, it's like, no, she doesn't want your family to starve. She just doesn't want you to get your food from hunting, for, <laughs> you know, half, half the time that you're off. So the point of the, the whole bitterness thing is, okay, there's some sense that your bitterness is justified. Um, now you have to be careful where your heart goes in that. And right. so uh, love hopes all things. Um, now, love doesn't just ignore when they're being sinned against, but love would confront lovingly. So then the question becomes one of how do I confront lovingly? Mm-hmm. Well, you go to him. And you, you know, as, as tactfully as you, as you can, with as much love as you can muster, which as much patience as you can muster at a time when you'll have, when you'll have margin to discuss it and you bring up these issues and say, your family needs you. Here's the ways that we need, here, here are the areas in which we need you and you are not here. Mm-hmm. How can we begin having you here more? If he is not responsive to that, then it's time to bring someone in to talk with you and him together, mm-hmm. counselor, pastor, a, a trusted friend, uh, somebody who can kind of stand alongside you in, in the rebuke. Right. And it's the rebuke is what brings us uh, to a place of repentance. Now, it's his job to repent. And the Holy Spirit's in charge of softening his heart. Um, and then the repentance is where is the trigger now for reconciliation. You can right. actually see, see wholeness in that area. So hopefully that was helpful. Yeah. No, I agree. That's... Uh... It's so hard to keep priorities clear. So, you know, we talked about um, priorities not being a list, but kind of those uh, concentric circles. Concentric circles. Yeah. And so everything is radiating out of, you know, the gospel being in the middle. So if you imagine throwing a stone in the water and every those rings that go around a stone and they just kind of radiate out, um, that is, that is, uh, what we, how we view priorities, uh, from a well done, well said, biblical and Christian 
perspective. Were you so, going to tie it into the hunting thing? Cause, cause, yeah, because I don't think they're bad things. No, I just think if they're... We hunt and we fish unto the glory of Christ. Right. And this is no longer glorifying to God. Right. Um, and that's that's where it should break down. And hopefully he would see that if he's if he values the things that God values. Right. He would see, I'm not honoring Christ in this. Right. Even if, even if hear me now, okay, husbands, wives, even if she's wrong in this, even if he is only hunting once every three months for, you know, two or three days, that doesn't feel like a lot. Maybe that's a lot. I don't know. Even if it's imbalanced and she feels like it's out of balance, then that's his opportunity now to die to self and to be generous to his wife and to love her through it and to put some of these things on the altar. And hopefully he wouldn't grow bitter in that. But the point is, is there's this sense that we would always hold the trump card. And now mm-hmm. it's our jobs as spouses to hold it lovingly and not be manipula- manipulative with it. Right. Because um, again, thinking of those, uh, yeah. the end in mind, right? We're not, it's not just about whose priority is the best or who should have their priorities be met first. Um, it's about a heavenly perspective and it's about a living the God honoring life and running the race in such a way that when we stand before God, that he is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, you didn't, you yeah. know, <laughs> you, you talked to your husband and you prayed for his heart before you talked to him and you were scared and nervous and you weren't sure how it was going to go, but you did it anyways in a loving and gracious way. You bit your tongue when you know you should have, and that was good <laughs> or, you know what I mean? So it's not just like, heaven is out there and we're just here kind of making our way through here. Like God is with us. Holy, the Holy spirit is with us. And we need to remember that we are not doing this on our own and that God is, we can find the fullness of everything that we need in him. Hmm. Um, but we are still here and now. And so that means battling, knowing that we are not alone, that he is with us. Um, and that, so cool. Yeah. Um, do you want to, somebody just wrote in financial priorities. I don't yeah. know. It wasn't very clear. I mean, it wasn't uh, specific. Okay. But I can imagine <laughs> where the question came from. Yeah. On I mean, some well, levels. I, at the root level is how do we spend our money based on, yeah. you know, godly priorities. Um, it's I guess a good it's, question. It's always going to come down to these first and last things. Okay. Yeah. The first things are, what are the, what are the big calls that God has placed on our lives? What are the big non-negotiables? And the last things are, what is the perspective and the context with, within which we live this life here and now? Mm-hmm. And so if we have those, that perspective, then we know that we are, that God is our provider. We are not. It is all his. That's the first thing. It's stewardship. This is not my bank account. Okay. It's not my paycheck. It's God's and mm-hmm. he is providing it for me through the work of my hands, which by the way, he gave you the ability to work. Yeah. He put the, the food in your, he, he, he allowed your body to metabolize the food so you have <laughs> energy to work. And by God's grace, you have the mind to be able to work. So that money is his. And that's the first thing. Now it's the question out of that first thing is how do I live in light of eternity? Right. And, and this father who has, who has uh, treasures in heaven stored up for me. Mm. Uh, and that's, and, and it is an inevitable end that the, that God will reign into eternity and all of human history will be brought to its culmination in Christ's second return. Okay. So in light of that hopeful eternity, how can I forego things here and now based on the priorities of God? Mm. And that's kind of where I would stop the conversation. And now it's up to you now to live it out. Now, even the old Testament mandate of 10% of the, the tithing of 10%, that's not imposed on us as a new covenant people 
Um, that's not, it now, but Jesus said more. He said, give, give gladly and give sacrificially. And he also said, by the way, give it all. <laughs> now, that, what I mean by that is he wants nothing less than everything we have to give. And think rich young ruler, right, mm-hmm. who, who turned away because he couldn't fathom giving up his wealth mm-hmm. to follow Christ. And God, Jesus didn't want his wealth. Jesus wanted his heart. And so if our heart happens to be attached to all of our wealth, then yeah, Christ wants all our wealth. Mm. If our heart is kind of has a hook into some of our wealth, then he wants as much as it's going to take for you to give sacrificially and gladly because it means you're trusting him. And then from there, it's all about stewardship. How do you, how do you steward well? And by the way, stewardship to me is, is, is full spectrum. It's not just how do you steward well so you can have a return on your money, but how can you steward well so that your kingdom influence is not negatively impacted by some of the decisions you've made? Um, so, if, uh, I mean like the car you drive, right? Yeah. It's not just about, can you afford it? But is it a, is it a positive witness to, uh, to the kingdom ethic as this world sees it? And will it help bring the people who see you, people who know you, uh, closer into a relationship with Christ or will it repel them? Hmm. And that's, that's a tough question to answer. It's only, it's one that only you can answer with the help of the Holy Spirit in your context. So next question um, how do we get on the same page about what is a priority? Um, he has his version. I have mine. How do we work this out, uh, and make sure we're on the same page as to what is a priority, what is not, and what does that look like yeah. basically? So, um, we actually did, I think that was week three or something that we did that on, um, why we should be in agreement around our priorities. Oh, yeah. Unity. Yeah. Um, when we are in agreement, um, there's definitely freedom, right, and joy and contentment and life to kind of be had uh, within our marriage. Uh, but unity often requires a lot of us, and we did talk about that. Um, it requires us. Um, so how do they work it out? Sorry, that's what I was. <laughs> so I, I, I was, we, that was the final episode, right? I mean, that was the one on family vision. I think so. Uh, yes, and, yes, is fighting yeah. for unity. Yeah. So I would recommend the, the, we have a longer answer uh, on that podcast. Go check out the episode just before this one. It was the priorities four of four. Uh, in there, we mentioned a resource that is free to you. It's an ebook. It's how to craft a family vision statement. And that's exactly what this is designed to do because Selena and I were dealing with the same struggle where uh, we, we actually were in agreement. We just didn't have any idea what to agree on. <laughs> Uh, but this would work for you as well. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash vision. That'll redirect you um, to where the family vision download is. And uh, it, in this little guide on how to fill it out, it'll take you, it takes a little bit of effort, a little bit of time. But if you're really struggling with this, you really want unity, I'm here to tell you it's so worth it. Yeah. You'll get direction, you'll get unity, and you'll get vision for whatever God is putting on your heart to do in the, right. in the name of the Great Commission. So, right. Very cool. Um, Here's one that I think is really tactical. Uh, how do we limit phone usage and really connect with each other? Ha, nice pun. Ah, it's very didn't penny. even catch it. Um, get off your phones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, phones are addictive. That's the question. That's the hard thing. It's a design. They're designed By to be. Design, the yeah. hardware is designed to be. The, the screens are designed to be addictive. The apps are designed to be addictive because we live in an attention economy mm. where your your time, your attention are literally, as far as corporations are concerned, are more valuable uh, than your money in most cases. That's why a lot of the really nice apps like Google, all right, like Google's not free 
folks, you're selling your data because they're they're selling your data to people who want to sell you goods, um, and it, it ends up being worth more to them uh, to sell your your attention than it does to actually sell you stuff. Mm. Um, so, so that's what. So know what you're up against is the yeah. first thing. Kind of know the water you're swimming in. Um, now that you're aware of that, um, I think creating really clear boundaries around it. Um, and you can only create boundaries if you know what they are. If you kind of, you have to define the boundaries. You have to then um, discuss the boundaries, get an agreement on them, and then defend those boundaries. Yeah. And so that was the series before this. Was it's that all about boundaries? Yeah. Was it? We're I, talking about priorities. I thought it might have been unity before this. Oh no, the whole series right before we no, didn't talk we about did whole... unity. Oh, I think it was priorities. It was boundaries and then priorities. But yeah, the three the three D's of priorities are. Boundaries. Here we go. Define, discuss, defend. Yes. Uh, and one of the clearest, I'll just give you a really tactical thing, is um, like no phones after a certain time. Right? Yeah. Because it's clear clear that like if you're not at work and you're at home together and you're not sleeping, then you're going to use that time somehow. Mm-hmm. So just say like that time's got to be for us. And yeah. so to make sure it's for us, phones go off and in the drawer <laughs> or phones go just in the drawer on silent. <laughs> Because what if someone has Always an emergency? Always in the drawer, right? yes. But they need to be out of sight. And there's <laughs> studies that show that your focus goes up by like a factor of three or four just by having the phone out of the room. Like when it comes to your work, mm. your productivity, things like that. And so um, that's just, I mean, phone usage is one of these things. There's a lot of science around this. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, our friends, Nathan and Anna, they have a podcast called Gospel Tech. Check that out. He talks a lot about um, gospel tech in terms of parenting, games, you know, social media, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but he also does talk about it in terms of just uh, tech usage. And the tagline is, don't use God, love tech. The tagline is, love God, use tech. Tech mm-hmm. is meant to be a tool, not something that uh, steals our lives away from us. Mm-hmm. And so check that out. It's gospel tech. Uh, it's got a picture of my friend Nathan right there <laughs> on the podcast, and it's got a gray background. Uh, hopefully that'll be worth your time. He's he's a good friend, loves the Lord, and uh, gives you solid advice. So you guys did naughty things as little teenage boys. We put this is a sidebar. So we used to haze each other whenever anything good happened to anyone, <laughs> and Nathan made it to state as a as a I don't know like a junior wrestler uh, at at the high school. And so to celebrate Nathan's making it to state, we kidnapped him, and we just you know if someone pulls up in their car, we we just grab him out of nowhere. He was really strong, so it took like five guys. <laughs> Uh, and we put him. Nathan doesn't usually like these things either. And we tied like. him. We tied him to the bed of a truck and went through a car wash <laughs> in December. <laughs> he lived. Are he's you? fine. He was laughing the whole way. His laughter sounded a lot like tears, but it was laughter. <laughs> I'm like, should we release this on, <laughs> out to the interwebs? Okay. He won't press charges. There so it goes. <laughs> he's a good friend. I sit on the board for his nonprofit, so he wouldn't dare. He wouldn't. Dare. Don't you sign his checks? Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I literally sign his checks. I'm not kidding. Uh, <clears throat> okay. I so, wanted, I think ahead. we should ask this one question too, because I think that there, just where we find ourselves um, through this pandemic and jobs and careers, like things have changed drastically. Um, people have lost jobs. People have had to stick with jobs longer, I think, than they've wanted to for a number of reasons. Um, so we got somebody writing in say, how do you prioritize your marriage when your work schedules are opposite? One works 11 hour days and on a second shift, not by choice right now is his time. And then uh-huh. she was let go because of COVID. And so they're, they're 
they're lacking on time together, but they're also because they feel like they're going to be lacking on finances yeah. as well. Um, and they clearly have children because it's, she says that they don't have, uh, he doesn't have a lot of time during the school year either. So these are some big, big questions and things that, yeah. uh, of priorities and what people are trying to deal, deal with. And, um, my tendency is to be like, well, let's maybe try a different job, you know? And, and, and maybe that is a big thing to consider. Um, because I do think there yeah. are seasons uh, where we go through our priorities kind of have to be shifted or kind of shaken around um, and maybe even reassessed. But yeah, I think the big, the bigger questions here are, you know, is this job the only job that we can mm-hmm. survive on? Like, why is this, why, why is this the one, the, the thing that we have to sacrifice for? I'm not asking like in a malicious way. I'm saying, okay, it sounds like she's saying um, it's not by choice at this time. The second, I think the timing of the shift okay. is what she's talking about. And some of that feels uh, like it's out of your control, which it very well could be. Right. Um, we live in a really unique time in right. that there is a weird, um, especially now, but there is a weird amount of like worker mobility and there's a lot of, a lot of jobs and not a lot of people to work jobs. Yeah. And so I think your encouragement is just maybe explore some of those options. Uh, and I love what you said, and I, I want to maybe blow that out a little bit, is this idea of that you can do it for a season. Mm-hmm. And I think some of those, those conversations are really um, hard to have if you don't have an end in mind or you mm-hmm. don't have like, here's the, the this is only going to be for the next couple of months. We can get through it together as long as we, we know there's an end in sight. And so if there's not an end in sight, then I would encourage you to put one in sight. And that's where you could define the boundary. Mm-hmm. Say, listen, this is sustainable for X number of weeks. Mm-hmm. It could be four weeks. It could be four months. Whatever you whatever you discern is, is best for your family. Now you draw that boundary and say, okay, at the end of this time, if this situation is still happening, we will reassess at a minimum and we will probably change it. Mm-hmm. And that gives you a really clear finish line. And the goal between now and then is to make it work in a, in a very organic way. So you're not having to quit a job and, and go without, you know, the income that you're used to, mm-hmm. um, because there's, there's wisdom. In right. That. Right. So, but really clearly defining, discussing that boundary. And then when it comes time to make that decision, I would just encourage both of you, husband, wife to follow through with it, to defend it because yeah. you didn't create that boundary arbitrarily. There's right. a reason it's there right. is to protect your family over the long haul. Right. Again, with the first things and the last things in mind, uh, it's not just about maximizing your income here and now. It's not even about having the lifestyle that you want or even having everything mm. that the world tells you you need. It's about something else. And oh, so, it's about God. <laughs> but all that said, that's not an easy situation Thanks. to be in. Yeah. Um, you're not alone in that. I would also encourage you to press into uh, the community uh, of the body of Christ because uh, you'll be just shocked at how people can help you. Uh, I mean, just you're sho- Whether I'm it's shocked. Whether it's encouragement God uses or his, meals or, yeah. yeah. God or will use have his other church jobs. to supply for his sheep. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Let's do so, one more. Let's do one more. Okay. Um, we'll finish with a fairly uh, generic one. And it's just this. is how do we prioritize each other? And there, this was a huge theme, right? Among all the questions that we got is we want to have a closer relationship. We want to feel more connected. How do we do it? Mm. And Selena, <laughs> I love you because this is the, the salty and sweet part. You're like, you, well, you kind of just you kind of just have to make it happen, right? You, there's not a silver bullet for this, other than recognizing how important it is 
Well, there's going to be sacrifice. There's going to yeah. be things on the chopping block. There's things you're going to have to walk through awkward conversations or say goodbye to or... Um, I think the questions oftentimes are, are phrased around um, the idea of how do I have the courage to make the decision I know is yeah, right? Yeah. And here we are to say that, the, and where do we get the courage? We get the courage from having the perspective of our context of being already, but not yet. And that mm-hmm. we have, we have eternity to look forward to. We have Christ here and now we have the Holy Spirit here. And now we have these, uh, <laughs> we have the hope that we have in Christ and what, how does that compel us to live? Mm. And so we, that can either give us courage or it can make us cower because if we don't really trust that Christ is Lord, that he's King, right. then we're afraid. Right. If we trust that he's King, then we can have courage to make hard decisions, uh, in the name of biblical priorities. Yeah. And so how do you prioritize each other? Mm-hmm. I would say like, trust Christ at the center of it and then walk that out. Cause that's what trust is. It's not trust just to pay him lip service on a Sunday and then do nothing different in your life right. based on his Lordship. Trust would say that God, you will provide for mm. us, even if we rearrange our lives to live more in line with your priorities and less with the world's. God will provide in that. I dare you to trust Him in that. I dare you to walk in that and trust in that. Um, whatever issue that, you, that you're, you're facing, it's usually going to be a result of some sort of misordered priority in your life. And so this is just generic. This is a general encouragement. Walk in courage, knowing that the, the, the conclusion is foregone, that the, that the Lord it will be king and you can trust in that. And if you truly do trust him, he is trustworthy. Mm. So um, hopefully this was helpful. Um, again, if you, if we missed any questions that you had and you haven't listened to, uh, the, the four episodes all about priorities, I encourage you to go back, start at episode one of four, listen to all four of those. Uh, I'm sure that you'll find something that you can apply to your specific situation. Uh, and with that, let me pray us out and then we'll call it. Okay. Lord, I thank you for this time that we get to spend talking together and talking to couples through this podcast. Thank you for the gift of technology where we can communicate to people across the world, across the country. I pray that you would uh, be at work, even though we're communicating from thousands of miles away, you are at work right there with them in their immediate lives. Lord, may they be encouraged by that. May they be emboldened, emboldened, excuse me, to live out your priorities for your glory and for their good. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is in the can. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I'll see you again in about seven days. Till then. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Take care.